0: Hello and welcome back to the Go For Two podcast and welcome back to episode 187. This is our week 13 review. I'm Liam, your host, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Patrick. And Patrick, mate, it is the first time in two seasons that both our teams lost on the same weekend, so we need to keep the... uh, the positivity up when we talk about the other games for everyone listening
1: so when you when you talk about it like that though we've had it pretty good haven't we that's the first <laughs> time in two years that it's happened we're doing all right imagine if we was a fan of the giants and
0: patriots or something like that yeah if we were fans of giants and patriots this would be a college football podcast already i would just, yeah, just would, yeah. i would just change it we'd be talking about um, I don't know North Dakota State or something every week that's how bad that would be but uh, yeah we can't actually talk about college football today either because the whole of my Twitter is on fire from the uh, four teams that they picked and uh, but I know that you're happy about it so I don't want to get you in any trouble saying how good the uh, how good the playoffs are going to be roll time maybe. <laughs> oh no we can't be having that we're texas we're 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 up for, for this one um but yeah like I said this is our week 13 review uh we're going to break down kind of the four big games as we saw it and then we're going to do a couple of winners and losers each and then get out of here um so we can both drown our sorrows in uh, whatever alcohol we choose to tonight after our team's losing. So why not start with our teams? Um, and because I wrote the rundown, I'm going to make you start. So <laughs> we're going to go Eagles versus 49ers. Um, you actually picked the 49ers to win, mate, and you were quite, I wouldn't say confident, but you were quite kind of, yeah, so very confident in your analysis the other day. Uh, but I'm not sure you'd have seen 42-19 being the score when we uh, previewed it on Friday.
1: No, no, not all, not the score line. Uh, the def- I mean, forty nine has scored six draw, six touchdown drives in a row. Completely, you know, only only one was a big play, and that was Debo Samuel, which should have been stopped by Morrow, obviously, for before before even a- it was a first down. But those deficiencies that I spoke about was there glaringly. I mean, they've been there all season, to be fair. Like, um, you know, the Eagles ten and one not on the same level as the team was last year, especially on defence. Defence has been pretty poor. Offence has also been kind of stepped back. Big playability has is, is not been there this season. So this kind of defeat has been coming. I mean, it probably should have come against Buffalo, but their, their own deficiencies kind of took over in the end. But, yeah, I mean, take nothing away from the 49ers. They took the Eagles' weakness and matched it up with their strength and just... Yeah, it was a complete beatdown at the end of the day. I think there's a lot of deficiencies from the Eagles in kind of the game plan on offence and and how kind of Hurts was holding on to the ball forever and the run game was non-existent. You know, I think the running backs had nine touches in the backfield each. I mean, that's just simply not enough. That's just not Eagles football, but no. Can't take nothing away from the 49 Niners. They were their game plan was exceptional and you could see how much it meant to kind of the 49 Niners. It it meant a lot to both teams, but I felt like they had that juice all throughout the game. And not just when they were scrapping on the sidelines or hand
0: fighting with <laughs> security. That was a bit silly. But um... I have to say, as a neutral, um, it's been a busy week this week, so I actually didn't watch the game. In, I watched on my iPad whilst we were watching something else. Um, and I have to say, I was loving the drama, <laughs> the pre-game drama. I saw some clip of – no, I don't like Nick Siriano. It's just official now. It's just a thing. It's going to be a thing on the podcast. That I don't like him. Um, but I even found the video of him having to go to someone pre-game. I found that quite fun as well. Um, and then, yeah, you're right, security issues – uh, there was a couple of extra points as well, where like the team squared up to each other after after extra points. And I was like, oh my God, these two, like I'm not sure how many genuine rivalries there are in the NFL, similar to NBA now. It's not the same as it was 15 years ago, but it does feel like this crop of players, maybe not these two franchises, maybe in three years it probably wouldn't exist, but... This crop of players, mate, does feel like they really dislike each other. Um, exactly what I was thinking about last night. You know, when
1: you are getting big, you're ten and one. We had the Eagles went to the Super Bowl last season. It's kind of think like you you take the, the rough of the smooth and it's been some, some great times coming up. I'm not sure what's gonna happen kind of towards the end of the season going to the playoffs. I just forgot it was like being a fan of the Eagles goes. But mate, it's nice to have a proper rivalry back. the, the two franchises itself, I agree with you, no this crop of players where well, the nucleuses are intact and still there it feels destined to meet in the playoffs it may not be the nfc championship game maybe the divisional but we'll see it feels like the story's not finished at all i don't think this can kind of put the uh, rivalry to so, sort of to bed something <laughs> if, if if anything it was just kind of warm it up for a impending playoff date somewhere down the
0: line yeah, I completely agree with that. Even if it's not this year, I think next year they'll yeah. still like in one of the next two seasons it just will happen. Um I think it's bigger rivalry than this, but I can only speak from my view that I don't really have a big rivalry with like the old school rivalries of like Raiders and Broncos. I don't feel it like maybe fans of twenty years ago, but I do feel it with the Bengals. Do you know what I mean? Just from those big yeah. games. Yes. And I feel like that's the same, exact same with uh, with you guys. Um, I will say, I wish they could have got... or well, for you, I wish they could have got Shaq Leonard in. Uh, obviously, he visited, didn't he? visited the Cowboys as well. Felt like a sign-in that they could have got over the line. Obviously, it's hard coming into your first game. <laughs> but watching those linebackers play. <laughs> and watching them against the Chiefs as well, which um, obviously offense didn't do enough on the Chiefs end. But... Um, I was thinking like, he still would have made a difference yesterday. Do you know what I mean? He still would have probably been better, at least in the run game. Because it did feel like, you know, when they got CMC going, they then, the next two plays after a CMC run were play action passes or fakes out to CMC reverses and stuff like that. So it felt like they were using the bad linebackers against you, not just in the pass game, but like in the run game, they would do one good run and that one good run would just lead to like two or three passes. So I do think If they get Leonard in or another linebacker in or just get healthy at the position, I do think the game could look quite different if you did play each other in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, no, no, I I agree as well. It wouldn't be something I'd be worried about seeing the Niners again in the playoffs. It kind of just is what it is, isn't it? When you get to the playoffs, you have to beat the good teams. But uh, Shaq Leonard, mate, it's, it's, it's the Eagles or the Cowboys. Obviously, we've got his old coach that may sway him. I'm not sure. I really hope it's the Eagles. It, he has taken a step back in the last couple of years from what it was, but, you know, he's still better than what what we're trying out there last night. So it
0: was... But you're better than that, mate. I think you could do a bit of job in zone coverage over... Yeah, uh, I know, yeah. ...or uh, looks of it. But, yeah, especially in the run game, I feel like he is an uh, instant improvement. And then you just need N'Kobe Dean to come back um, in terms of pass game from from the linebacker position. But, um, yeah, we'll see. My head is thinking, like, I know this would suck for you, but it does feel like we could be destined for an Eagles 49ers playoff game followed by a 49ers-Cowboys playoff game because those two rivalries are quite big in terms of, like... This Eagles 49ers one's quite 50 50 now. They clearly hate each other. And then the Cowboys, like all year, have like, been doomed by the 49ers and they get hammered by the 49ers. Now they're hammering all the bad teams and everyone's saying, oh, well, they can't beat the 49ers. So it does feel like in some way or form, those three teams will play each other in round two and three of the NFC playoffs. And I, I, think, I think it would uh, be a travesty. If it didn't uh, end up
1: like that and there was maybe a few shocks in the first round, I think that would end up being a travesty. I don't think anybody, kind of apart from if you're a fan of the, I don't know, the Falcons or the the Vikings or whatever, would would want that. But um, yeah, I think those three being in the divisional rounds, obviously two would have to play each other. So it's just should be a fun should be a
0: fun late January. Yeah, definitely. Um, we spoke about the defence versus 49ers' offence a lot, and uh, it did lead to Brock Purdy now being the joint favourite for MVP, by the way. Um, Jalen Hurts is now third, Patrick Mahomes has dropped all the way to fifth, uh, and Dak and Purdy are your joint favourites, so that just shows uh, what can happen. It feels like whoever wins next Sunday Night Football between Dak and Hurts might, uh, might win the MVP, but... But we shall see. Uh, any quick word on it from the other way around? Obviously, we haven't spoke loads about the Eagles' offence. Do you think this game for the 19 points was more just how it went the other way? So the script just completely changed and things started to get out of hand? Or were there any worrying signs for the Eagles' offence against this 49ers' defence specifically?
1: No, I think the Eagles can move the ball on the 49ers' defence. I think Hur- I mean, Hurts felt like uh, at times he had um, so much time that he actually did... Nothing with it, I mean the typical one was uh, I think it was in the second quarter where he had so much time and then he just fell over and got sacked for like f- loss of fifteen yards, and it was like that led then to a field goal you know because the Eagles started two really great drives on offense two really great drives on defense, but were only leading six 0 so you know it's just improving that kind of uh, in the red zone there and getting getting back to the run game and kind of sticking with it I think would be you uh, know no worries um, from me for that, I don't think.
0: No, I would say, well, um, that both pass rushers struggled at times, but then I felt like got some clean hits on both quarterbacks. So it does feel like it's a big game for pass rushers. I thought the Bosa was pretty underwhelming in the first half. Reddick was pretty good in the first half. And then second half, Javon Hargrave actually played really well for the 49ers. So I just feel like from that perspective of pass rushers, it's just going to be stars, isn't it? Being stars with how good the offensive line is for the Eagles. It just feels like both teams have got edge rushers and, and DTs that can probably win whenever, but it's just, yeah. can they go and do it? Yeah. Um, cool. I want to get your final thoughts on this game it has to be with the big man, the security guard. I've forgotten his very, <laughs> stereo- what's his name again? Big Dom. Big Dom. Andy Reid loves Big Dom, by the way, he was talking yeah. about him on a podcast. Um, It looks like he's probably going to get some sort of suspension from the league. Uh, Nick Sirianni obviously apologised, saying it shouldn't have happened. Um, And I know the player obviously did touch him, so it shouldn't happen. But yeah, basically, the whole opinion from the US is uh, security guard obviously getting involved with a player on the field is completely stupid. Whereas I watched it being like, almost like, I was shocked that he got kicked out and then i was like green law yeah what a joke and then afterwards i read twitter and i was like oh my god everyone is just saying like the security guard's an absolute joke for getting involved in the game so what was your views from uh, a philly Because i know twitter's probably going wild on it because he's quite famous now so. yeah he is famous now i think they
1: maybe they could have just calmed down the situation and threw neither of them out of the game and it would have been a smaller issue than it turned into because I mean, even what Greenlaw did, it was kind of just a bit of a graze with his hand or whatever. Do you know what I mean? I just think that um, the security guy kind of touched him a little bit. There was no man-handling. I think it was a little bit blown out of proportion. But, I mean, for for Twitter, it seemed
0: to kind of blow up, didn't it? It was was quite crazy, really. Yeah, it did blow up. I thought it was actually going to lead to more um, drama than it did, you know, in terms of on the... I thought it was going to lead to more pushing and shoving I, I i found it quite funny that the um that the players were just kind of like well it feels like there's enough drama in this game already <laughs> like we'll just let the refs just kick people out here because no one actually then i thought everyone would start fighting but they all just kind of held each other didn't they by like their uh shoulder pads and just kind of waited and the refs were like come on just move away and that was kind of the end of it so yeah uh, um, i did find that funny how they were talking all game and the one chance they will had to fight they were just like nah we'll uh, we'll leave it for this week um cool on to the next game then like i said we'll get our teams out of the way um chiefs lose on sunday night football which meant yes i did stay up to 5 a.m to watch a loss which is always fun 27 19 to the packers um i don't really know what to say apart from it sucks the injuries in this game uh, regardless of who won or lost brian cooks 24 year old safety for the chiefs uh, if you're squeamish i wouldn't go look at the the still of his ankle um it was a pretty horrible injury he's been by far the best safety on the Chiefs much better than Justin Reed um Drew Tranquil's been the best linebacker including Nick Bolton all season for the Chiefs he went out with concussion on the first drive um so yeah you could see straight away after that missing your two linebackers missing two of your safeties I felt like the defense even though I thought they were awful first time all season and they kind of let themselves down. It was definitely for me because of the injuries. Uh, they had a fourth choice linebacker calling the plays, and you just watch. If you watch the game back, the Chiefs defense just all over the place, and they've not played that all year. So I'm not too worried about that. But I think that was injuries. Um, what are your thoughts on 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 Chiefs defense and versus Packers offense before we flip the other side of the ball? Yeah, I mean now you
1: when you when you kind of say all that and break it down, it kind of makes sense. Because I just I just thought um, they looked lost. Yeah, they did. Time. And in, in, in the passing game, uh, especially, I mean, the Packers were pretty good on the ground as well, to be fair. But, um, yeah, during the passing game, it, the, the, the Chiefs, uh, the linebackers and secondary looked really, really lost, to be honest. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's like, I don't know, it's, it's a bit of a difficult one to break down, really, because when you, you put the injuries aside and you put their first real bad game for the Chiefs' defence all season, they, they do happen to really good defences, it's very rare that, you know, you go through a 17-game season and kind of your, your defence is stout in all of them, even the black, you know, this season we've had the Browns have had off weeks, so you see, you know, the injuries take concern, so I wouldn't be too concerned with the defence overall if they could get, like, tranquil black and just, like, in a couple of weeks maybe, but, and then remain the health, but, yeah, for me
0: it would be the opposite side of the ball where I was worried the most. Yeah, tell me about it. Um, I will mention Jordan Love as well, though, because he played great. Um, and i tell you what, we, we spoke about him a lot um, when Rodgers was there, um, saying that we actually both liked liked him as a head coach in terms of Matt LaFleur, and that we felt it wasn't just uh, Aaron Rodgers, two-time MVP, back-to-back, he leads the team, and then in the playoffs, it all goes wrong. I think me and you were kind of like, well, in the playoffs, Rodgers doesn't really turn up as much as he should. But in the regular season, yeah, he plays really well, but the scheme is great. And I do think that Jordan Love is playing much better, four great games in a row, but I wanted to shout out Matt LaFleur, because I actually do think as an offensive coordinator, He's really good, and he actually is sixteen and zero now in December in his career as a head coach. I think it's sixteen, so I have thirteen or sixteen. Um, but yeah, either way, he's never lost a game in December as an NFL coach. So I did want to shout him out because I don't think we talk we talk about bad coaches a lot in this in our pod, but you know we don't talk about the good ones. And even though the Chiefs' defense all over the place, I thought Lafleur and Love did well um, from their perspective, mate.
1: Yeah, huge, huge win for both. You know, you never say like win as a QB style, or whatever. But for both the head coach and the quarterback, that is a huge, huge win. That's kind of rescued the season. The season wouldn't be over at five and seven in the poor NFC, but they've given themselves now a game that they wouldn't have expected to have taken, and their rivals in and around them. will have been watching that, thinking I cannot believe that they would beat the Chiefs to kind of move into the playoffs. So yeah, a huge, huge
0: win for uh, for both those guys and the whole franchise. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and they've got the easiest schedule remaining, by the way, in the entire NFL. So to win that game, which most people said they would lose, obviously the spread dictated that as well, um, and they won that. For me, I, I, yeah, I do think we spoke about playoffs the other day. I do think they're going to make the playoffs now. And uh, watching their offense, I think they should. Like they're so much better offense than Vikings and the nfc south as a whole <laughs> so they should um but by the way you know it's a bad day when aj Dillon gets 18 carries for 73 yards like i am 100 percent quicker than aj Dillon at the moment and he absolutely embarrassed us so i did want to call that out because we can't be all praising the packers um yeah other side of the ball um yeah donovan smith got injured at left tackle um he was terrible for the plays that he played i thought Juwan taylor was pretty bad as well actually to be honest um Chiefs ran the ball incredibly well and then second half basically stopped doing it but this game was weird because there was hardly any possessions like all the drives were really long there was hardly any punts um or even yeah turnovers it was kind of just quick like long drive long drive long drive long drive um so they didn't have many drives but I did think they stopped the ball stopped running the ball too early uh in the second half because Pacheco played really well until he decided to punch someone get bloody kicked out of the game, cost the team 15 yards, and in the end, Mahomes has four tries from the 50 at the end, rather than four tries from the 35. Um, So I do think even though he played really well, you can't, like, in an Andy Reid team especially, you ain't going to get away with punching a guy in the face. Like, it's stupid to do anyway, because you're wearing a helmet, but uh, I think as an Eagles fan, mate, you'll be knowing that Andy Reid will be uh, spewing over Pacheco (laughs) today. Even if you take all the other stuff out of it, the turnover, offensive line play, the refs, I think he'll look at that Pacheco moment and be like, "That's like an example of how like undisciplined this offense has been this season." Yeah, and, and not not like an Andy Reid
1: team kind of, you know, Philadelphia were never, never ill-disciplined under under Reid. So, and the Chiefs have certainly not been. So, yeah, he won't be happy with that, will he? Uh, he'll be uh, at six point one yards on average. Though I'm presuming he'll be out there for a snap
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: next week. So more
0: will be kind of an internal punishment, I would say, for Pacheco. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and one player we've got to mention, because I think I hyped him up around the draft, Sky Moore might be one of the worst receiver picks in a long time. I don't know if you've seen the interception where he he basically runs the first step of the route and then just stops running. (laughs) And then the defender just leads down the sideline and catches it, and he doesn't even run to like stop he only waits after the pick to then be like oh yeah i need to actually go chase this guy down and yeah between him and mvs who just get loads of um loads of plays in this offense he had another long play where rather than just run up the field and catch it he decided to cut in towards the two safeties i don't know if you saw that play but yeah between him and between him and sky Moore. They've just been absolutely awful all season, and Andy Reid just refuses to play Kadarius Tony. He just says the same thing every week, like, "Oh yeah, we want to keep him fresh, we don't want to injure him," but they just never play him. They never up his snaps. So I don't know what you're keeping him, <laughs> what you're keeping him healthy for. Um, yeah, and then Mahomes saying afterwards, like, "Yeah, I barely targeted Travis Kelsey. I don't know what I was doing. I was, just, I was just listening to all the press as being like, this offense is just so unorganized at the moment." Um, so yeah, Chiefs completely lost this game. I can't even blame it on the refs. But it's probably worth mentioning that final drive. Packers fans and Chiefs fans both fuming about the officials. Um, what are your views on it? Anything more they can do on it? A lot of people talking about they just need to have the guy in the booth just correct terrible calls like they do in other sports that, that works fine around the world. But do you think that's the only way forward? Because I would say this is one of the worst end-of-game drives, like officiating-wise, for both teams. But like if you're the league, you can't have it happen to any team that I've probably ever seen, I think, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I think you just kind
1: of need to have that overview there that can, I don't know whether you need it, whether you, whether, whether it's going to be a, a fourth quarter thing, I don't know, but uh, I think they'll end up kind of eventually changing the rules to kind of protect the product, really, isn't it? More than caring about what teams get hosed on, kind of what plays, it's more they'll maybe look at it as protecting the product like that because it doesn't add dry just adds frustration even as like when you're watching any game as a neutral you're just like all we ask for is that it's correct right so it's just yeah. i think they'll kind of get there and amend something with that probably this kind of off season some something around it. whether you get the full thing of what you want is a, a different question
0: though isn't it yeah definitely and yeah for any chiefs fans that listen or or think that they lost the game on that DPI. It's like, nah. There was no chance that offense were going to score a touchdown, even from the 10-yard line, and go for two correctly, and score again in overtime. Like, nah. There was no way last night they were going to do all those three things. But yeah, still frustrating if you're MVS when the guy just tackles you in midair. Um... But yeah, that's not why they lost. But that's why the game becomes frustrating to watch for neutrals because you have no idea what call is going to go going to go where. But yeah, terrible game for the Chiefs. I feel like even though the Eagles' score was worse, I feel like Chiefs fans come out of last night being more annoyed than Eagles fans because at least you lost to a good team or a great team, whereas Chiefs fans maybe (laughs) maybe didn't. Um, But yeah, that's the those two losses. one of the other big games then that I actually was probably one of my most fun games to watch, even though some of the quality on one side of the ball wasn't great. Uh, Rams-Browns. So Rams win 36-19. This is the basically the third biggest game in terms of playoff implications. Oh, well, the fourth, actually. We've got one more to talk about. But um, I thought Matt Stafford was amazing. We spoke about LeFleur earlier um, Sean McVay coached an incredible game. This offence success rate was nuts. Karen Williams finished with 88 yards, one touchdown, but against literally the, one of the best defences of all time uh, in terms of like EPA per play. Uh, Puka Nakua finishes with 105 yards off only four receptions after getting injured. Cup gets in for another touchdown. Stafford, three, three, three uh, interceptions, no picks. I thought the Rams offence, mate, was kind of back to its best. And watching those two games last night, it feels like Rams and... I think Packers probably give us the most entertaining Wild Card weekend after what I saw yesterday.
1: Yeah, no, I would agree with you there as far as entertainment goes. I think um, Minnesota take us. Bearing in mind, obviously one of the Cowboys and the Eagles will be a Wild Card team. So if you're adding in the Rams and the Packers, there that that's the best. As you know, that's that's showing out kind of the Seahawks. But um, Packers and Rams feels a lot more fun. Perhaps a little in a one-off situation. I don't think they could win multiple playoff games, but they could certainly upset the kind of cart in in, in a one week. Uh, You know, if it was um, Rams coming to Philadelphia in the wildcard weekend, that'd be a little bit uh, trepidation about that, to be honest with you, because I know how good they can move the ball across the middle of the field. So it was just, yeah, yeah. Great, great win for them yesterday. And... You fear for Cleveland, their
0: playoff hopes now, don't you? Well, I think with Cleveland, when we looked at the numbers last week, it basically shows they only have to win one game, probably. Two games, ideally, one game, probably, depending on what happens next week. But I'm going to call this now because I'm already in a bad mood. The Bills are going to beat the Chiefs next week. I can promise you that. So that might put a scupper in this plan. But yeah, this game doesn't give you much confidence, even though after one drive, Joe Flacco was like four for five, sixty yards and a touchdown. I was thinking, oh, elite Flacco's here for the <laughs> for a playoff run. Um but yeah, it did get a little bit worse after that. And I think the more worrying sign is obviously Miles Garrett being a bit banged up and the defense giving up thirty six. Because if this defense gives up twenty four plus they're not going to win a game, are they, mate? I think that's the
1: worry. <laughs> no, no, no. They're not going to win a game against anyone. There's no way. Um, just, I mean, I mean, we forget because he's been out so long. But, you know, Chubb was, Nick Chubb was obviously uh, out the season. Yeah. And you can of forget that now because he's been gone out for so long. So it's not just a QB situation, is it? So, yeah, at once they were standing strong in the playoffs, the Browns. But I believe that now the seventh seed, yeah, the, the seventh seed tied with the uh, Houston for the seventh, so it's, yeah,
0: it's looking pretty dicey. Yeah, they've still got a good schedule, but, yeah, it is looking dicey. But like you said, they need something to happen in the offence. But Flacco hasn't played in a while, so it might improve. Um, but, yeah, it's the run game and the defence needs to be great, and unfortunately they weren't great yesterday. But shout-out to McVeigh and Stafford, because not many teams have made the Browns look that way, and, yeah, they were really, really good. Um, I, yeah, I, I think, for me, I know they're in the division, and they can always be a bit hit or miss. But if they don't get the one seed, Rams 49ers could be quite entertaining. I worry that they could score too many points for the Rams to keep up. And maybe they'd need to play like a, maybe an Eagles who run the ball a bit more and slow the game down a bit more, maybe. Um, but yeah, for me, the Rams could like beat a team like the 49ers in a one-off game. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. If they have to play the NFC South, they'll be loving that. <laughs> they'll win that game if they played. Uh, if, I,
1: if I'm uh, Detroit... I'm getting slightly annoyed that the likes of Green Bay and Los Angeles and Seattle at times. I mean, Seattle look good against Dallas. All those three are looking pretty good. And my chance of the one seed is perhaps gone now because we blew it on Thanksgiving. So I'd be slightly worried as the Lions fan thinking those kind of teams are looking better now and and we was hoping for a bit more than just one go in the
0: wildcard weekend, weren't they? But you know, we'll see. Yeah, I've said all year it's going to be Jared Goff versus Sean McVeigh in the playoffs. And, yeah, that score could be like 45-42 with how those two offences and defences are playing at times. But, yeah. Uh, and then the fourth biggest game for playoff implications was really, really fun. Uh, not as high a score as some of the others. But Texans win over the Broncos 22-17. to C.J. Stroud, 274 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Uh, the run game is still pretty dead for the Texans. Um, Tank Dell, unfortunately, is out for the season with an ankle injury, which sucks. But Nico Collins casually finishes the game with nine yards. Sorry, nine receptions, 191 yards, one touchdown. It just feels like C.J. Stroud pulls out elite performances from his players every week for fantasy football players. Uh, and then big Russell Wilson finishes with back to his old self. 15-26, 186 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, including the game-losing the game losing interception, which I shouldn't laugh, but he avoided a sack, mate, to absolute perfection, like he's been doing the last two or three weeks. Steps forward, and then bang, throws an absolute awful pick to end the game. And it did remind me a little bit of what we've seen from Russell Wilson before the last three weeks.
1: Yeah, because once he evaded that sack, he had no one open they didn't really I think it was down to around 20 seconds on the clock wasn't it so yeah, kind of, no him him taking off and he would would have been unable to spike the ball I think after because I think that
0: may have been third down I can't quite remember but, yeah it was third down so he would have had to have got to the line or thrown it away as the only option just, really. just throw it away I think is just <laughs> live
1: to fight another day there was no separation at all it was a yeah you could see on Sean Payton's face that that was a very very bad decision it was a really bad set of downs overall so yeah it was uh unfortunate for, for kind of rust there he's got that iron and that may may put to bed the broncos playoff hopes but what a great game overall that was on the, on the 6 p.m slate It was just when it comes down to the last play do you know what i mean with playoff implications on the line it's it's all you can ask for really isn't it and yeah, it was a great game. Great win for the Texans. Real shame about Tank, Dell. I'm not quite sure what that means for their kind of fortunes going forward, really.
0: Yeah, I've, I still think they're going to make it to the playoffs. But yeah, it feels like a one and done playoff team to me a little bit. Just with how some of the defence is looking as well. On the, on the Those linebackers and defensive tackles not playing great and the Broncos really struggled to, to kind of take advantage of it. But Jags killed them in those areas before. So I think they could be one and done, but that's still a hell of a season for Germany and for the Texans. They say finish yeah. with nine wins or ten, well, they probably need 10 wins, nine, 10 wins. That's a, yeah. Hell of a, hell of a year. Um, Cool, and that's the four main games in terms of playoff implications. Now, the rest, uh, we're going to do winners and losers. I looked over the slate after asking Patrick to do winners and losers, and I was like, oh, my God, we really should just do losers and losers when you look at the games on this schedule. Um, but I still think there's maybe one or two winners. So why don't we go winners first, and then we're just going to go heavy on the losers because there's many losers, mate. So why don't you give me a uh, a winner of week 13 in Euros? i got to go Gardner, dementia 42, 312
1: yards, two touchdowns, no mistakes at all. Kind of fault-free football, especially when he's asked to drop back 42 times, which I don't <laughs> think is a, is a is a winning formula going forward. But they did seven and five, and they sat in the playoffs. And he played really, really well, to be honest with you. And he didn't get all too much, really, out of... Um, you know, we spoke about Zach Moss, didn't we, uh, the other day? He only kind of got 57 yards combined rushing and receiving from Zach Moss, but Alec Pierce was his first kind of big plays of the season. That was his first touchdown, his first real big play. Pittman was amazing yesterday. That was his best game of the season. Kylan Granson also was great on offense. So they really, really kind of all stepped up. And yeah, Minshew himself, I thought was great. And this was a really good game, actually, wasn't it, uh,
0: overall? Yeah, this this game is nuts, <laughs> absolutely nuts. By the way, I know, I know we're saying like kind of mistake-free and when I looked at the winners, there weren't many winners afterwards and I did the, the only name that came to mind for a player was definitely Gardner Minshew. But I would say the two-point conversion was hilarious. Yeah, it was. He throws <laughs> like a 99-yard <laughs> deception on the two-point conversion. That, that did make me laugh. But you knew this was an AFC South game when there were two blocked punts. That led to, I think they both led to touchdowns as well, didn't they? they yeah, the they scouts. did,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, like two block punts, like this was ASU South uh, at its finest. And I think Vrabel just is completely done with this team with how, how ill disciplined they are. We spoke about the Chiefs being ill disciplined, but God, this, this Titans team is. It's so well-disciplined as well. But I found the two block punts just hilarious in one game. I was watching Red Zone on my phone at the time, and I was just like, this game is amazing. <laughs> even you even are right.
1: They had, um, obviously, the punter got injured on the second one, didn't he? And then the other field goal later in the game, and Ryan Tannehill was out there, wasn't he? Um, holding for the extra point, and that kind of went wrong
0: as well, didn't it? So, <laughs> just kind of had everything. Yeah. Honestly, this is a great game. This is such an AFC South game. I absolutely love it. But, yeah, Colts 7-5. and five. With the Browns' loss, um, obviously Tank Dell injury, potentially the Colts will be cheering on the Chiefs to beat the Bills next week. They could be quite close to a playoff berth in a week's time, depending on or have a huge advantage depending on how the other games go, mate. So they're yeah, in a very absolutely. good position. Yeah, yeah, they are. They've got some medium. They, they're not playing
1: an elite team left, but they've got some kind of teams that are in and around there, including Houston on the last week. But uh, I've also just seen, by the way, just quickly going back to Tennessee. They're they're 0-6 on the road this season. And with them and
0: Carolina they don't have a road win. Of course they are. That's so that's very Titansy for this uh, this team. By the way, Colts Texans last game. After praising C.J. Stroud all year, please, as much as I find him fun, please don't say Gardner Minshew is going to be... <laughs> CJ Stroud and beat him, in, beat him to the playoffs, that would be a bit of a nightmare but uh, yeah Um want to mention one more player again, just Michael Pittman best game of the season for sure but he's had two good games in the week now so it's nice to see him playing well because that was getting to the point where they might have to cut their losses in terms of rather than giving him a big contract for, for, for the long term and uh, yeah he's playing much better now but yeah Colts are 7-5 are and five. Um, now this game could easily involve a loser but I decided to make the Lions winners because they just got back on the kind of the win train, keeping up with the NFC elite teams that we spoke about. We've banged on a million times. They need their one seed so they can play more home games. But if they can't get the one seed, they definitely need as high a seed as they can get to have a higher chance of more home games, um, especially in the second round. They beat the Saints 33-28. Uh, They've got off to a hell of a start. Saints come back. Saints offense is still an absolute disaster. Uh, with Derek Carr, you know they scored 28 points, and yes, that is a worry. So the lions, these lions in theory could be losers from the defensive point of view, but for me, I think they just needed to win this game. Uh, I thought Jameer Gibbs looked really, really good. I thought Sam Laporte looked really good. Brian Branch looked really good. So for me, they're just winners because the draft class from this year looks insanely good, uh, and they just won a game that I felt like they had to win, regardless of how bad the defense is. So I think we can talk about the defense in another show again because the defense is definitely going to cost them. As we get in towards the playoffs, but for this weekend, mate, I just thought the Lions had to be winners because of because uh, of the the draft class mainly, but also because most of the other games involved losers all round. So,
1: yeah, definitely. And actually, when the game was on, obviously they they blew the doors off, didn't? They? In the first kind of seven minutes yeah. of the game, it was twenty-one nothing. And and to be fair, you know, when the Saints came back and made it twenty-four twenty-one in the towards the end of the third quarter, they showed some metal there, ten straight points and put, and put the game to bed. So yeah. Let's see. Let's see what the future holds for, for, for Detroit. I think they may rule that Thanksgiving game a lot
0: when it comes to the end of the season. Yeah, I agree. Um see so now I've come up with one more winner and the rest I think are all losers. So I'll mention the one winner that I had, and then you can tell me if you thought anyone else was a winner. But I think all the other games are as more losers than winners. Um, I wanted to mention Mike Evans just because we've spoken about the Panthers a million times being a loser, so I didn't want to put them in the losers again. Um, but the Bucks win 21-18. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but maybe they will. But for me, the, the more the, the, the winner really was Mike Evans, seven receptions for 162 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he gets a thousand yards again um i think because brandon cooks isn't going to get a thousand yards if kelsey gets it it's basically him and kelsey with the longest streaks in the nfl and it's like yeah i don't know how many years in a row now but mike Evans that one every season basically um he's a free agent this summer so we'll see what happens with him i think maybe it could be super bowl kind of ring chase time even though he's still good he's not going to do that as like a Julio jones type he's going to do that as, a, as still a really good player but um i just thought with this offense kind of this season, the offensive line last year. Obviously, Brady really struggling down the stretch. Baker coming in, brand new offense. For Mike Evans to finish again, 1,000 yards already in week 13. I just wanted to call him out because uh, he's one of the most underrated receivers, I think, of the time I've been watching the NFL.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would completely agree with you. that Just the consistency is uh, absolutely incredible, really, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah, shout out to him. Also, big game coming up on... Uh, Sunday, Tampa Bay uh, and Atlanta. So that should be a lot of fun as well.
0: <laughs> Define fun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a division battle.
0: <laughs> it's definitely a division battle. Um, yeah, it could be winner as well. Winner wins a division, but we'll see. I, I, believe, are... I, believe, I believe if uh, Tampa Bay win, they will jump from the 10th seed to the 4th seed. <laughs> Oh god! The NFC South. I gotta love the South divisions. They're just providing all the entertainment. Uh, all the entertainment this year. Um, cool. Have you got any other winners, or are you on the my thinking that the rest of the games really there's a loser on each side, or or have you got another winner before we move on?
1: There's a loser on each side, but I suppose you can say that the Dolphins um, yeah. kind of did what we said that they weren't doing, they weren't blowing the doors off anyone. Uh, they were just kind of getting standard wins. So, they, yeah, you know, they put the points up, they got the yardage. Tyreek was fired for 157 yards, which is a bit ridiculous, isn't it? And, yeah, yeah, Chua looked absolutely fine. But Washington, they've got nothing, have they? They're, they're waiting to the end of the season for a big, big clean-out. They've had the defensive clean-out. I think they're going to do the coaching stuff and, and whatnot. But, yeah, Miami now, I mean, they were, they're sat in the first seed currently pending tonight's game of course
0: because Jacksonville win they'll go to number one but uh, yeah. yeah good for the Dolphins high seed we could look pretty stupid as the Jags finish with a one seed by the way I'd say they wouldn't even yeah. make playoffs Absolutely. or make or win the division <laughs> um, but yeah 45-15 is a hell of a win it's nice to see them dominate again Tyree Kill crazy game 157 yards again and well on his way to winning uh, offensive player of the year uh, and nice to see Achan back as well, two touchdowns, 73 yards after a couple of injuries. Uh, I did have the Commanders as a loser just because you're, you're just so right on uh, Big one Rivera being completely washed <laughs> as a coach. But yeah, to score 45 points on the road as well, I think. Um, I think that just makes it yeah impressive enough. Um, cool, so there's three games we haven't spoken about and uh, there's definitely losers we can find. So go first, mate, because I'll be interested to see where your head goes for first loser. I think I know where it's going to go.
1: First loser. I mean, you could take your pick all three here, but you're going to have to give me. I don't know what how to specify who the loser is. Is it every, everyone that's involved in this game and everyone that watched it? And do you know what's bad is a um, couple of people that I actually like from who have made orders with me and from the NFL UK community went over as Patriots fans to this game.
0: <laughs> I knew you were going to pick this game, by the way. It uh, uh,
1: Oh, my God. 6-0 is an impossible score because there's absolutely no way that you can say, yeah, you great, great grindy out win for the Chargers. You put up six points at New England, you know, it's just with Justin Herbert. It's just, yeah, the game itself was just an
0: abomination, wasn't it? And, yeah, it was. That's the worst game I've watched. That is definitely the worst game. <laughs> I know there's been like, maybe there's an argument there's been worse games, but because they've got good players involved, you're not sat here watching like like Bailey Zappi, for example, versus Tommy DeVito. And you're like, well, yeah, this game is going to be an absolute disaster. Of course it is. Like, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, and Keenan Allen are involved, and Rashawn Slater involved on one side of the ball here. <laughs> so like... It, yeah it shouldn't have been this but by the way they covered the spread for me and you by winning 6-0 <laughs> so uh, that's how ridiculous this game is that they uh, covered the spread so yeah you're right this was the game i knew you were going to say i just put the losers everyone involved with this game basically
1: by the uh, way one thing i was thinking about last night is obviously like kind of um, both me and you have both been to kind of nfl games and not just the uk ones you know you go in the states or you've been germany you know if you'd have gone for a beer just before the first field goal, and the lines—I've actually been to Foxborough. The lines for the beer, you know. I think it took me about 15, 20 minutes, and I was fuming that I missed a couple of plays. Mate, if you took a long beer walk, you would have missed every single point in this game, and then <laughs> not, not seen any. Uh, which is obviously
0: so. so Almost impossible in this sport, isn't it? So it's just yeah. <laughs> that is nuts, and there's definitely people that did that as well because it's second quarter as well. So people are definitely getting a beer in the uh, in the second quarter. But yeah, I think if the Patriots would have come down on that last drive and scored seven, <laughs> I I think it would have been funnier. I'd have been annoyed because I'd lost my best bet and our pick for this our competition. But um, I think it'd been funnier, and I actually think Brand Staley would be fired today is my, my yeah. but the fact they win he doesn't get fired yet but it's so funny that he like really there's no difference like a 6-0 win <laughs> versus a 7-6 loss yeah in the win column is one difference but really the performance is just as diabolical regardless so it's just hilarious that uh he's still got a job but yeah this game is awful and there's not really much to say for the patriots um it's a complete disaster happy play Zappi played obviously Cunningham and Sole
1: charge of the second seed now though uh, the second
0: uh, draft pick sorry Drake May team ran all over it for the Patriots the only thing I found fun about this game was today's post-game uh, radio hit that Bill Belichick did where they asked him about a comment that Rex Ryan made on the post-game show where he said like all the young players like their lives have been ruined or something or by the Patriot way and they asked Bill Belichick what he thought, and like he actually got annoyed and was just like, "He's like, as far as I know, obviously because he knows everything about this. Um, Rex has never even uh, coached in uh, the Patriots, so I don't know what he would know about the Patriot way." And like the guy was trying to probe him, and Belichick was just like, "This guy is a complete tool." So I did find <laughs> that quite funny, like Bill Belichick Rex Ryan little feud via the radio was uh, was quite entertaining but yeah this game is a disaster um, the only thing I wanted to mention was Austin Eckler we haven't spoken about him loads unfortunately contract year um, there's a couple of players that have an awful contract year uh, T Higgins was one um, but Austin Eckler mate I think he might be washed which sucks and it happens to running backs especially small running backs quite quick and uh, I think this could be it for him because he was absolutely awful I don't know why they kept giving it to him behind that offensive line that like they did but I just feel like he might be done now unfortunately
1: yeah, I did say to you, I think it was either last week or the week before, he kind of, uh, he was wide open, he, he, he got um, caught by a, like a linebacker, which is just, should never happen when you're kind of running back in you kind of that elite level. So yeah, it's a shame for him, isn't it?
0: Uh, not sure what's going to happen with him in the summer. No, him, Keenan and Mike Williams, and all could all leave this summer. So chargers could look very different next year in, in many ways, but um Friend of the podcast, Lee, is, who's done the draft show on here, has uh, already told me that Michigan are going to win the playoffs and uh, Harbor's going to ride out into the sunset and be the next Chargers coach. So uh, I thought I'd mention that on the pod because that's what he thinks is going to happen. We're going to have a Harbour in uh, LA. So we'll see. I mean, that I would make
1: it very interesting.
0: Yeah, it would. I'd be quite annoyed about that as a Chiefs fan, but um, there we go. Um, a loser then. So there's two other games we haven't spoken about. I could kind of go wherever I want with this. But the team that I've slagged off a lot on this podcast. I'm probably not going to get many more chances to do it this year. So my loser is, even though they win me the pick, because I picked the team against them this week, I've gone with the Steelers, who lost to the Cardinals 24-10. Unfortunately, Kenny Pickett did get injured, which does suck. There was awful rain delays randomly in this game. Trey McBride scored three touchdowns on three plays back-to-back. Two got wiped out, and he scored on the third one. Um, Mitch Trubisky looked awful. And for me, to lose to the Cardinals 24-10, the benefit is it could eventually get them out of the playoffs for us because I do think they are just diabolical to watch. Um, I think I'd rather watch Minshew, to be honest. Um, But yeah, I just want to put the Steelers as losers because to lose to this Cardinals team, regardless if it's Kyler Murray or not, 24-10 is bad. (laughs) Yeah, it is, and um, Kyler's
1: not even got great stats or anything like that, to be honest. But I did, I did have to laugh at the McBride uh, triple touchdown; he just wouldn't be stopped with it <laughs> good, so. isn't he? he is good though, isn't he? To be fair, it, yeah, he's really good now. Yeah, he's really come on uh, this season. Uh, what I would say now: five, six, seven seed in the AFC, all seven and five. Texans at 8 to 7 and 5 and the Broncos Bills at 500 below them so there's definitely going to be some movement and we can definitely get rid of a couple of bad
0: QBs I think from, uh, from that slot Yeah, fingers crossed I think the Browns and Steelers are both losing this week might make the AFC playoffs a bit better in the end um, Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. as I've said already the Bills are going to hammer the Chiefs next week let's just, let's just get that out there they're going to hammer the Chiefs um, was the thing as I was mentioning, Steelers. Oh yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick. broke his hand. Fair play to him. Came back in this game <laughs> and carried on playing. So, um, yeah, he is a uh, a very good player. But play him. All I'll say, add is Deontay Johnson. Awful snap last week where he didn't go for a fumble, and Twitter went nuts. This week, he celebrated a touchdown to make it twenty-four ten, like it was a Super Bowl winning touchdown, and. I saw so many Steelers fans on my timeline kicking off and it was quite funny. Uh, yeah. I feel like yeah. Steelers fans hate, yeah, well. hate him. Yeah. Four minutes together, that? we were celebrating that as well. So
1: it was, uh, yeah, incredible. a seems a very odd man.
0: Yeah. They seem to always find these wide receivers, but, um, yeah, they do. but it, they're, they're a bit odd and also good. Um, but yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with him. He doesn't seem very uh, tomlin this year. Um, and there's one game we haven't spoken about. So... Uh, There'll be one loser left. I'll let you uh, reveal how you want to word it. But who's your final loser for the week? I mean, anybody that's associated with the New York Jets, I guess, because that was
1: just... I mean, what do you say? Obviously, Tim Boyle is not good. He was not good in college. I, I don't know. I said this the other week, but he must be a proper cracking guy to have around the, the system. <laughs> but uh, when Travis Simeon came in and kind of... I, I don't know. I really feel for, 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 for Zach Wilson, to be honest. He was better than both of these. I know... Jets may be kind of losing all the time, hurting his development or whatnot, but it'd be more entertaining to see Zach Wilson out there. But Brees Hall was also had nothing in this game. There was nothing redeeming from uh, one excellent Garrett Wilson catcher side. There was kind of nothing redeeming for for the Jets and and the Falcons. I mean, what do you say about them? They only just got this win over the line, didn't they? But uh, I suppose at this stage of the season for them, just a win is a win and, and they kind of move on and they solidify their place
0: at the top of the division. Yeah, for them, I think it's more the head coach, isn't it? It's just a win is a win. Um th- yeah, there's no way. I almost <laughs> I almost wanted to do the same as I did with the Chargers Patriots and put this whole game as a loser, to be honest, because it was not great. Uh it says a lot that the only way they moved the ball through the air in the second half was a flea flicker. But when your team's got to do a flea flicker and that's how they're getting their like first first down in four drives you know it's a bad offense so um yeah Falcons win thirteen eight. absolute woeful game Ridder wasn't good uh this game either He was actually quite good last week but he was not good this week I actually thought Bijan didn't look good either this week um but I don't know if that's an offensive line issue I'd have to go back and re-watch it but yeah this game was uh all over the place and it's come out now that Rodgers probably won't play this season as we've been saying all along so um yeah, they've kind of cooler heads have prevailed there because what is the point of chucking Rodgers in with this offensive line? It's an absolute disaster. He's been watching. He finally got round to watching the Jets game, and then he
1: thought, <laughs> "Sack that off."
0: Yeah, he was like, I've "Had enough of this." Um, but yeah, that's all our winners and losers for um, for this week. There's obviously one game left um Bengals at Jags we both picked Jags minus eight and a half so uh we'll, we'll either win a point or lose a point but the scores and the doors for the week um just to round off I won the week so far eight six so it'll either be eight six or nine seven which means we are tied which is very typical to us a hundred a hundred uh after a million games of the season uh the big differences were I you picked the 49ers to be fair that was your kind of big one uh I picked the Colts the Cardinals and the Texans, so they were they were kind of my uh, my my wins. Um, I would say it's six p.m. slate. By the way, this has happened three times this year that one of us has got them all right, and I've got them, I got them all right. You got them all right last week. I got them all right this week. So six p.m. slate, people, if you're betting, need to follow our picks. But the nine p.m. slate, I would just stay away. <laughs> Don't follow what we say. We're clearly not as invested in those nine p.m. games, mate. Yeah, I
1: feel um, I was
0: obviously I had. Um...
1: Tennessee, which the game was on the line in overtime, and then they had the Broncos that were pushing for the win. So it was kind of it's kind of there at the grass, wasn't it? But that's yeah. that's where the big swings are. By the yeah. way, on tonight, Jags win, go number one seed. It's the Jags that will have the destiny in their own hands. If they win every game, they'll be the number one seed. So that's feels like that's interesting. It could
0: make me and you look quite stupid. Yes, it could. It could. I'm still hopeful the Chiefs can somehow do it, but I just think it's impossible after they lose next week. But yeah, it feels like Jags or Ravens or uh, Dolphins have got the hardest final three games. Ravens have got the hardest next three games, so it's interesting. Jags definitely got the easiest schedule out of those three. Um, Chiefs have got the easiest, but yeah, Jags have got the third easiest. So yeah, they could make us look very stupid. Mate. Them and Tennessee together actually make us both look quite stupid. Uh, and by the way, Tennessee missed that extra point. That would have been a one-point lead. They could have won that game. You'd have won. You'd have won your pick then as well. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and even in overtime they scored a field goal didn't they so you could have won your pick again but uh, Minshew touchdown but there we go um, that was quite a fun week 13 I would say very good for this time of the season a lot of bad games but still fun for us to, to break down um, we'll be back later in the week to pick all the games for week 14 uh, remember to go follow us at, at go two pod on twitter go follow Patrick at MugsNFL. Where you can get all your uh, Deontay Johnson uh, Chiefs gear ready for next season when he's traded <laughs> to the uh, to the Chiefs. Um, yeah, enjoy your week, everyone, and we will speak to you soon. Yeah, I'll speak to you soon, everyone.